Heavenly Father, as hard as this is for me, I'm asking you to search me. Search me, O God, and know my heart. God, test my motives. Reveal to me my anxious thoughts. Show me anything in me that offends you. God, I want to see in me what you see in me. So I can become more like Jesus. God, I ask you to truly and deeply search me. So last week when we started Dangerous Prayers, I was telling you about how I was afraid to go to the doctor about my heart, my physical heart, and how that paralleled my fear about praying this prayer that we started with of search my heart. But in the end, we, I was better physically and we are going to be better spiritually, emotionally, all the way around for praying this prayer and opening our heart up to the Lord. So, like I said, we are in week two of dangerous prayers. And the thing that is dangerous about this is that it can be a little bit scary. And in fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today because the second part of the prayer that we're looking at from Psalm 131 is actually reveal my fears. Reveal my fears. Now you might be thinking, well, I don't need to pray reveal. I know what I'm afraid of. I know what I'm concerned about. But it's actually a little bit more insightful than that because what we're actually talking about today is not fear primarily. Today's topic is really about trust. It's about trust. Let me let uh, let me explain by looking at the book that we've been talking about. Again, this series was suggested by the book Dangerous Prayers, and I would love for you to get that, to go deeper and remember that the, all the prophets from this book are going towards Bible translation, so you can feel good about that as well. But in this book, in the section on revealing fears, this is what the author Craig Rochelle say, says, you might wonder why our anxious thoughts matter to God. It's not necessarily about our comfort and experiencing a stress-free life. But the answer to this question is perhaps much more important than most of us would understand on the surface. What we fear matters. Years ago, I had a revelation about this subject that touched me in a very personal way. God showed me that what I feared the most revealed where I trusted God the least. And so that's actually our big idea for the day. And that is that what I fear the most shows me where I trust God the least. And so when we pray this prayer, search my heart, reveal my fears, what we are doing is asking the Lord to show us where our trust is lacking. So we're talking about trust. The bottom line is that what I fear the most shows me where I trust God. God the least. And at the end, I'm going to challenge you to pray this prayer, reveal my fears. So let's look at this verse that we have been using as the basis for the beginning of this series. It's Psalm 139 verses 23 to 24. 
and it says, search me, O God, and know my heart. And that's kind of the overarching theme is that we're asking the Lord to search our hearts, to reveal what our hearts are truly like. And then the second part of the prayer is the one that we're going to, is the section that we're going to focus on today. It says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. It goes on to say, see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And that's what we'll talk about next week. So let's focus in. It says, test me and know my anxious thoughts. You might think about what are the things that you worry about? What are the things that you are concerned about? What are the things that keep you up at night? Over the past several weeks, Many of you have probably been worrying about finances because of jobs and businesses and things that are not as they usually are. We always have perennial concerns about maybe family or relationships and those kinds of things. But what we're saying is, Lord, we want you to kind of shine the spotlight and let, and, and let us see and let us understand what are those things that we are anxious about because those are the things that show where we trust God the least. It's a diagnostic. It's a way of taking our temperature spiritually because when we are anxious about things, when we are fearful about things, what we're really saying in that is, God, I trust you but not about this. God, I trust you with my salvation and where I end up after I die, but I'm not sure you can handle my marriage. I'm not sure you can handle my job. I'm not sure you can handle my bank account. So I'm going to worry about those things. You see, every time that we worry, every time that we allow ourselves to get anxious, what we're saying is, whether we recognize it or not, God, I don't really trust you in that area. Because if you trust him, then everything you know is going to be okay. You can entrust those things to him. So what you fear the most shows where you trust God the least. Now, as I told you last week, and if you haven't seen last week's message, I would encourage you to go back and, and watch it or listen to it. The reason that I didn't want to do this series is as I was reading the book and as I was thinking about it, those prayers, some of these prayers scared me. And I was thinking about, well, why, why was that? Why was I afraid? What were the things that I was afraid of? And you can maybe relate because I was able to put it into basically two different things. And it's, a, it's the contrast, the total contrast between fear and trust. Why would I be afraid to pray these prayers? Well, number one, I was afraid that God was going to show me things that I did not want to know. Show me things that I didn't want to know. I, uh, maybe I have a carefully constructed view of myself and I can feel good about myself. And if I pray, Lord, search my heart, he might show me some things about me that I don't want to know because then I'll be forced to repent and I'll be forced to face some of the darker, less attractive aspects of my personality and my heart. So I was afraid. I didn't want that. Uh, so maybe you can relate that you are not open necessarily to the Lord and his searchlight in your heart because you're afraid that he's going to show you things that you don't want to know. And then the second category was 
I was afraid that he was going to take me places I didn't want to go. You see, when we surrender to the Lord, when we turn our lives over to him, when we say yes to his lordship, what we're saying is, you're the boss. You get to call the shots. And even for a pastor and even for somebody who's been walking with the Lord for a long time, it can be a little bit scary to just write that blank check to God to say, wherever you lead me, whatever you call me to do, whether you say yes to a request or no to a request, whether you uh, lead me to a new place or if you keep me where I am, whether I want to be here or not, we just, when we're writing a blank check, there's a little bit of fear and trepidation that can come into the equation. And so part of saying yes to Jesus, which is what we're supposed to be all about, is to be uh, willing for him to take us wherever he wants us to go. That's what it means to follow him. And immediately when I was uh, reflecting on this, journaling about this, reading through this, recognizing that these fears were popping up with me, I immediately thought of a verse from 1 John. I'll bring it up on the screen. It's 1 John 4.18, pretty familiar, pretty popular verse, written by the Apostle John, who was one of Jesus' disciples. The Apostle John, his theme over and over again throughout his writings is the love of God, which then it turns around and is expressed in our love for others. And this is what he says, 1 John 4.18, there is no fear in love. I had all these fears, they were in contrast to love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. Now what's he saying there? Perfect love. It's not perfect uh, necessarily in the sense of of unblemished or perfect in that sense. But this word perfect that is uh, used here is actually talking about a mature or fully formed love. And he says, when you are fearful in your relationship with your heavenly father, that means that your love is kind of half-baked. You don't have a full understanding. You don't have a mature love. Why? Because fear has to do with punishment. And he says that the one who fears is not made perfect in love. When I think he's going to show me something that I don't want to know or take me to a place that I want to go, what, what am I saying? I'm afraid that that's going to be bad. It's going to be like punishment. It's going to be something that I don't want. And what the Apostle John is telling us here is that when you have a full, complete, mature understanding of God's love, you're not afraid because the aspect of punishment or doing something to you that you don't want is not even in the equation anymore. I like the way the message translation puts it. It's a good explanation. It says, well-formed love banishes fear. Mature, well-formed, fully formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, now, I just want to pause right there for a second. Fear is crippling. And maybe you can relate to that. There is some fear that has been crippling you. It's got a grasp on you. And you would love to be able to shake it. And you just don't know how you're fearful and it's crippling you. He says, since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, 
is one not yet fully formed in love. What's he saying there? For every time, whether we want to admit it or not, every time that we have that fear, every time that we experiencing, are experiencing that crippling fear, what it's telling us is that we don't have a fully formed, complete understanding of God's love. We don't trust him because what I fear the most shows me where I trust God the least. Now, the way that we get past this, let's talk about how, how do we have that fully formed love? How do we get past that and be able to pray this prayer wholeheartedly? Search me, know my heart, reveal my fears to me, test me and know my anxious thoughts. Well, we're gonna need some help. And it says in Romans 8, 26, that the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, we don't know what to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. I ran across this scripture as I was doing some journaling and having my quiet time, my personal devotions during the week as I was kind of wrestling through this. And I actually ran across it in a different translation, the Passion Translation. That's what TPT stands for. That's not the toilet paper translation as somebody suggested last time. It is the Passion Translation. It's a newer translation, but I think it really pulls out the idea well, and it really spoke to me and helped me to understand where my heart was and where it needed to be in this whole process. It says, starting out, God is the searcher of our heart. He is the heart searcher. He is the one who knows our heart, knows us better than we know ourselves. And what does he know? He knows fully our longings. He knows our desires, our deepest heart desires. He's familiar with them. So he knows our heart. And then it goes on to say, yet he also understands the desires of the spirit. And that's, the, so he knows our heart, he fully understands our longings, but he also knows the mind of the spirit. He knows what, what his own heart and mind is for us. And so when he prays, when he pleads for us, when the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in, it's in perfect harmony with God's plan and that's what happens is he takes, let me see if I can explain how this all comes together. He takes our longings because he knows our heart. He knows the things that we want. And some of these things that we want are very good. We want good things for our family. We want to see uh, God's honor proclaimed and spread. You know, there are good things in, uh, that we are longing for. And he knows what those longings are. But he also knows what's absolutely best for us. And sometimes we think that if we get this thing, if we have this longing come true, then that's going to, going to be what's best for us. But sometimes that's just not the case. And what this verse is reminding us is that he knows what we're longing for and he knows where we're on track and what, where we're a little bit off track because 
the Holy Spirit also knows the mind of God. And so then he pleads for us, taking into account those longings that we have, taking into account that he knows what's best for us, and he is going to give us what is good for us. Sometimes the reason that he says no to our heart's desires is because he knows that we've got it wrong and that if we were in charge and we got everything that we wanted, that that would not be a good situation. So out of his love and out of his wisdom, he sometimes says no to us. Or sometimes our heart is aimed in the right place, but we're trying to accomplish it in a way that is not his plan. And so he knows what we're longing for and he knows the best, what's best for us and the best way to get to where he wants us to be. And then he takes those and he pleads passionately for us in accordance with God's will, in perfect harmony with God's plan. And so as a result, we can trust him. It's not that he doesn't know our heart. It's not that he doesn't care what our longings are, but he's gonna take that and he's going to then turn, in turn, filter it through his perfect love, his perfect understanding, his perfect power, and then that's what he's going to work for us and in us and through us. And this was the reminder, this is when Jesus was teaching in Matthew chapter 6, the Sermon on the Mount. It's a little just kind of side comment. This is your father you are dealing with. In other words, you don't have to worry about this. Uh, Think of who you're dealing with. Who are you praying to? This is your father you're dealing with. And he knows better than you what you need. He knows better than you what you need. So you can take your heart to him. You can pray that prayer, search me, know my heart, test me, and know my anxious thoughts, and know that he knows better than you what is best for you. And he's going to plead passionately for that. He's gonna be working that in your life. When we do the growth guide during the week, often I'll put in the growth guide a a question that has something uh, along the lines of pray and ask, what the Lord is speaking to you. And then just write down what comes to your mind. Just trust that the Lord is able to get his message through to you. And when I was doing this, as I was working through this, this is what came to mind. And it's this, that my fears are unnecessary and unfounded. They're, they're unnecessary because I have a heavenly father who loves me. They are unfounded. The things, I'm afraid that punishment is going to happen, that some not good thing is going to happen because I'm surrendering to the Lord. That's the most ridiculous thing of all. My, My fears are unnecessary and unfounded. He loves me. And this, this, the searching, the revealing, the convicting, all these things that are flowing as a result of my praying this prayer, these will be a good thing. In fact, they're actually the path to where I really want to be. So I shouldn't be afraid to pray this prayer. I should be eager to pray this prayer because he knows the longings of my heart. He knows his, uh, in his omniscience what is good and perfect and right for me and right for you. 
And if you belong to him, if you have surrendered your life to him, if you have said yes to him, he is your savior and your Lord, he's the boss, he's calling the shots, you're saying yes to him, then you don't have to worry about that because he loves you. And all of this is going to be a good thing and a path to where you really want to be, whether you even understand where you really want to be, because God knows, God cares, God loves you. And how do we know this? How do we know that God loves us? How, can, how do we know that he is trustworthy? How do we know that we can, without reservation, turn our lives over to him? We need only look one place, and that is the cross of Jesus Christ. Look at what it says in Romans 8.32, again, the Passion Translation, for God has proved his love by giving us the greatest treasure, the gift of his son. If you, you do not have to wonder if God loves you. You do not have to wonder if he has your best interest in his heart because he has proved it once and for all beyond a shadow of doubt because he gave us his greatest treasure, the gift of his son. And since God freely offered him up as the sacrifice for us all, sent his son to live among us, to die for us, he certainly won't withhold from us anything else, any good thing that he has to give. And so I'm going to encourage you to simply say yes. For some of you, maybe this will be the first time you thought religion was about a bunch of rules to follow or showing up at a certain time at a certain place on Sunday morning. Now you are recognizing that it's not about that. It is about a God who loves you, who wants to forgive you of all of those sins that you've committed, all the things that you've done in rebellion and opposition to him, the things for which you feel guilty and the things for which you have been, the things that you've been excusing, he wants to wipe away your guilt. He wants to forgive your sins. That's why he sent his son. And so when you say yes, you are saying yes to his forgiveness, but also he is the Lord. He is the one who is the master of the universe and he deserves to be the master of our heart and lives as well. So I will encourage you to say yes to Jesus, yes to his forgiveness for the past, yes to his lordship and leadership now and in the future. Say yes to him. You don't have anything to fear because he was willing to sacrifice his son for you. What do you have to fear? If God would not withhold his only son, he will not withhold any good thing for, um, from you. At the end of each message, I like to give you some way to specifically apply what we've been talking about. And I warned you ahead of time, this is the challenge for today, that we would all pray this prayer, reveal my fears, reveal my fears. And that we would have the trust to know that what God is going to show us is going to actually be a good thing. It's going to get us to the place where he wants us to be and really where we want to be 
truly reveal my fears. I believe that some of you are going to be freed from some of those crippling, chronic fears that you have had. I believe that that's what the Lord wants to do. Over and over again in the scriptures, he tells us, fear not, fear not, fear not. And if we are willing, I believe that he will show us where those fears are and how we can in turn trust him with those anxious thoughts. Also, we've been uh, providing some discussion questions. So we're gonna throw this up on the screen. And if you can, take a screenshot of this. And then whoever you're with or whoever you can get with right after this, maybe uh, as you're driving somewhere, uh, having lunch, uh, maybe in our meetup after church online, to discuss these questions. And it's just a way of kind of thinking through and talking through what we have talked about today. And these questions are actually taken from our growth guide, which includes the notes for today's message, as well as these questions and more that'll take you deeper and help you to apply what you've heard today. So as you see on that, if you uh, write that keyword notes, text it to us, put it in the comments, you can get these, uh, the growth guide in your email every week, and we would love to be able to send that to you. And I really believe that, like I said, God is going to use this in your life to free you from those fears, to help you to understand that you can trust your heavenly Father, that his heart's desire for you is good, and you can know that, because he was willing to send and sacrifice his son for your behalf. So let me pray for you, and let me pray for us, for me included, that we would have the courage to pray this prayer, and that God would answer it with greater and greater trust in our hearts. And with the amen, we'll be done for today. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single person who is watching here, listening to this message, because I believe that you have sovereignly appointed them for this time and this place, that there are people that you want to bring into your kingdom and free them from the fear of ultimate punishment, that you want to bring people into a place of freedom from some of those crippling fears that have been a part of their life for so long. And so I pray for myself, for every person listening to this and watching this, that you would give us the courage to pray wholeheartedly, reveal my fears, so that you can search our hearts, show us where we're not trusting you, and then fill up that place with trust in you, with faith in you, knowing that you, because you sent your son, have only the best intentions in mind for us, that we don't have to be afraid for what you might show us or where you might send us because you love us. So we thank you for that and we pray that we would have tender hearts, listening ears so that we can know what you are saying to us so that you can set us free from our free fears. We thank you for this and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.